Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to double digit episode number 10 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis Dahl from Summer Dental Laboratories in Zionsville, Indiana. Hey guys, I'm Barbara Wojan from Oldsmar, Florida, Night Dental. Barb, how the heck are you today? I'm very good. Thank God it's Friday. I'm just sad that I didn't get to uh, join you in the podcast and interview Lonnie because I respect the heck out of her and think she's amazing. And I can't wait for this episode. Yeah, you had something going on, uh, something about you running a lab or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you do. Yeah, no, no, that's the easy stuff. <laughs> so when I first came up with the idea for this podcast, when it was brewing in my brain, I went to Chicago uh, Lab Day and I started asking people who would be interested in being interviewed. I kind of started putting seeds everywhere. And I was lucky enough that I participated in the component meeting as a board member of the NADL. And Lonnie was there representing the Ohio Lab Association. And then when she started. Yeah, I remember that well. Okay. Yeah. When she started talking about what she's doing in Ohio, I knew she was someone I had to get on the podcast. And she might have been. The second, third person I asked to be interviewed, she's super cool and she agreed to do it. And what she's done with our industry, both nationally and locally in her state, it's it's amazing. And she's got a great story to tell. I hope you guys all enjoy it. Here we go. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. Greetings and welcome to an interview we have today with someone who's got a lot to say regarding our industry and things that are progressing forward. I'd like to welcome Lonnie Thompson. How are you today, Lonnie? I'm excellent, Elvis. How are you? I am doing actually swell. Uh, it's, it's, it's one better than well. So <laughs> I'd like to thank you for uh, joining me today. Um, I know you have a lot going on. You were recently uh, named in JDT's January uh, 2018 magazine of who's hot in 2018. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Tell me, how did you get into the dental lab industry? What started it all? Well, that's a, that's a story. Um, I started well, like 45 years ago, which is amazing since you're in your, in your early thirties. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I was a child prodigy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I came from a family of four girls. We were all just a year apart. And my father um, encouraged us all to get into the health field um, because he wanted us to be able to support ourselves. Um, I was the artsy, different one in the family, as they would like to say. And my dad actually found the school for me, which I'm from Newark, Ohio, which is about 45 minutes uh, due east of Columbus, Ohio. Uh Um, And so he found the school for me. And it was back then it was Columbus Technical Institute, which is now uh, Columbus State. And they had a dental technology program. And it was kind of interesting. It was in the basement of an old high school. Really? Yeah, it was not 
what I had intended with my life at the time. I, I started at 17 years old. There was very few women and it was all guys. And it was, it was interesting. I didn't think I would stay in the field at the time. My second year, I really caught on and it, it really worked for me. And then I was chosen out of my class to get a job at Ohio State University which was a real coup because then I could continue my education. I was able to get my bachelor's that way. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Because if you go to school there, I mean, I, my, you know, again, my dad was, had four kids. It was hard to put four kids to college, right? I, sure. In way, so, so, but he was a great dad. So I worked at Ohio State University for five years, uh, which was another interesting situation. Again, being um, the only woman there, and, you know, it was a great job, but the sexual harassment, as you can imagine, was amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they put me through. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a whole nother story. But um, they put me through everything. So I was very lucky to have that job and I wasn't going to let anything take that away from me. So the job was in the dental lab school? Yes. Right. So we did work for the students. For the dental students. I see. Yeah. For the dental students. And as after I got my bachelor's, then I went up on the floor and I actually taught up there for a period of time. It, you know, it really taught me a lot of things. Sure. But all again, it was all guys in the lab and then they had labs on the side. So I worked for them in the evenings also. And then one day I'm like, well, why am I doing this for $5 a tooth when I can start a lab? So... I started a lab on the side too, and then I had three dentists come to me that I started working for, and they said, you need to quit Ohio State and do this on your own. And at the time, I was just shy of being 25 years old, um, and I'm like, sure, you know, wow. <laughs> why not? So, yeah, so well, the four of us became partners. You and the three dentists? Myself and three dentists, yes, okay. and then eight years okay. later, I bought them out. Wow. Yeah. And that's Image Gallery? Well, at the time it was LT Ceramic Studio. And then after a while, I decided to change it to Image Gallery because I think um, I wanted my name out of it. I wanted to promote my whole staff, mm-hmm. you know, to, because I was building my staff up. I want them to be as important as I am. And so then we changed it to Image Gallery because I think when we make your teeth, we change your image. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So. After you bought out the dentist, was it already set in the style that you wanted to run the lab or did you change a lot? No, it was, I, yeah, I just continued on. I mean, then they knew that, that I needed to do this on my own. Um, so at the time, I mean, I've always pretty much, I started by myself, obviously, and then started gaining um, employees, but I have pretty much been a six person laboratory throughout. So you started by yourself and now you're currently at six? Correct. How many of them are CDTs? Um, well, I'm proud to announce one just received their CDT and today we're going to lunch. And um, actually, I have a little surprise for them. I have bought them all new lab coats that are really snazzy, oh, like my orange one that you saw. In the, <laughs> only theirs is white and, you know, they'll have their CDT patch on. So I have um, three CDTs and one RG. That's amazing for six technicians. Yeah. Most of the people that have worked for me have been here for quite some time. My goal is to sell the laboratory to them. You know, I've been in it. I've owned this lab for 39 years. Next year will be my 40th. So, I mean, I'm going to work probably five to six more years, but I I eventually want them to have the same capabilities that I had. Well, that's excellent. I mean, I'm glad to see you passing the lab over to employees rather than corporate that we see so often these days. Yeah, that's important to me. Yeah, we do a lot of complicated cases. We, you know, we're a boutique lab. So I, I would like to see that continue. 
Do you still get work from the dentists you're partners with? Yes. Unfortunately, just recently, one of them passed oh, away and that. it's very sad, yeah. but I'm still very close to, yeah. Yeah, I'm close to his widow. Um, but the office sends me work and the other two have retired. But they kept up sending you work after the the split of ownership of the lab, right? Yeah, it was, it was all pathetic, yes. Yeah, well, that's great. Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah. So back to the subject of CDTs. I know that you are a very proud CDT. And I've always wondered, because most people become CDTs in order to promote themselves and to hopefully gain a higher salary. But being an owner, what motivates you to keep your CDT? Well, we're in a very changing technology world. And I feel the laboratory has always been on the cutting edge. And in order to keep on the cutting edge, you need to have, you know, continuing education and you need to, you know, keep up with what's happening out there. And I always think it's important that we need to upgrade you know, ourselves. That's since the beginning, I've always wanted to do that since I was in the basement of that Aquinas High School. Never stop learning. <laughs> I always wanted a little more glamorous yeah. life. <laughs> and my lab kind of looks like an art studio. So yeah, I think it's really important to stay connected and, you know, have the camaraderie with you know, all the other people in our field, but keep the education moving forward. I think last year, about 90x continuing education. You need 90 hours? <laughs> I need a life. No, I have a great life. Yeah, but I'm in Seattle clubs and a couple of Seattle clubs and then the AACD. And yeah, so, but, you know, it, it is what it is. No, it's, I hear you. I, I love what I do. I probably, if I collected continuing education, I'd probably be up there, but I'm not a CDT, so... So do you put on any of the study clubs yourself or you just participate in them? I do some of the study clubs. I'm the only lab that's been invited to most of them. And so they rely on me for what's happening sure. in the laboratory. And so we have different topics where I'll be presenting. So it's all, it's really fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we've all become, you know, I've been in one of them for 11 years now. So everyone's good friends. So it's great. Yeah, it really does add a, a level of partnership with people you're in the club with. And, you know, they, and they, that's how I gain business. I don't have to do as much advertising and marketing. Do you do any? Um, of course. We want to keep the younger dentists coming in. Most of my marketing is going places like Ohio State University. You know, I'm down there a lot to help the students there. I mean, I actually went back in 1989 and taught the advanced prosthodontic class down there. I think that marketing works for me. I'm, I don't like cold calling as no. much. I mean, <laughs> But, you know, you, everybody has to do what they have to do to get, you know, make sure that you absolutely absolutely. So this year and myself included, we're both on the NADL, the uh, National Association Dental Laboratories. Why have you volunteered? Is this your first board for the NADL? Yeah. But have you done the foundation or the NBC or any of those? I was a delegate way back when uh -huh. we had the, it was a completely different format for NADL. So I, I was a delegate it. for, yeah. yeah, it was great fun. <laughs> That's what I hear. It was. I mean, the, the group down in Texas wanted to adopt me. It was great. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, so I was, uh, I did that for about eight years. And then I ran the membership committee and we, way back then, we started a public awareness campaign. So I've known for a very long time. Really? Yeah, that, that the word needs to get out to the public in order for us to upgrade. Absolutely. True believer in that. So why did you join the NADL board? 
couple things. I believe in giving back. I've been on a lot of, of boards in my life, um, mm-hmm. a community boards here in Columbus also. I was actually president of Planned Parenthood for a period of time. I've been on art committees and so, but I think it's really important to give back to the community and in this field. And I wanna get involved. Uh, I was state president for a long time and now I'm, I'm that again. But I think it's important for me to make sure that my staff follows along in, in my footsteps so that they get the same experiences that I've been able to get. And you learn so much when you're on a board. Absolutely. And the relationship between everybody is outstanding, especially on the NADL, I think. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping to make a difference. Um, you know, that I think everybody on the board does, but I think it's really important to contribute and make sure that we're moving forward. I mean, I think that this is the most exciting time that dental laboratories have had. I, I mean, I've always loved the field, obviously, but you know, with the changing atmosphere, it's quite exciting. What do you mean by changing atmosphere? Well, you know, the digital era, uh-huh. I mean, it's completely different, you know, and, you know, what we can provide for the patients now is so amazing to me. And it's made our lives much easier to a certain extent, but harder in other ways. Yep. Meaning, you know, being able to, to do the CAD cam and the milling and the printing is all exciting but and you can duplicate what you can do so the diagnostic work of that is amazing you know we're now taking pictures and putting into the three shape and building everything and the three shapes you know we don't have to have the face bow anymore yeah and then we can show that to the patients and you know be able to duplicate they can do their temporaries and we can duplicate that and you know have that exactness that we need so it's I, i think it's just only gotten more exciting I agree. I agree. I think it's an exciting time to be in this industry and I'm happy to be a part of the NADL and I'm glad to see you on the board also. I think it's going to be a fantastic time. I think so too. So you mentioned that you're president of the Ohio Dental Lab Association. Indeed. So tell me about that. I participate a little bit in the Association of Indiana Dental Laboratories. So tell me, how does the Ohio Dental Laboratory Association work? Is there a lot of labs involved? Just like all associations, we have difficulties in getting people to get involved. But right now we have around 35 members. But one of the things that I am doing, um, and I'm sure you were going to ask me anyway, is, is the legislation. Absolutely. Yeah, we are working really hard to get registered in Ohio. And I, I'm hoping that we'll all states will do it. It's it's really important that we get this accomplished, in my opinion. But just recently, we had a meeting in downtown Columbus, and I had 30 labs show up, which was really exciting. We have hired a lobbyist to help us through our legislation. And for us, it was really important to do that. The Ohio Dental Association, the Dentist Association, is not for us becoming registered, which does not make any sense to me at all. Hmm. I have spoken to my study club. Everyone in the study club is for it, but the dental association is fighting us. So I had to hire a lobbyist to help us through this because they have deep pockets that they have given, you know, the legislation. Sure. But it's a process and I've had a lot of successes and we're having some setbacks, but I'm determined that this will happen. I've met with all kinds of representatives, senators. We've gotten our bill together. We're hoping to get it introduced soon. We've had a little setback, but my lobbyist is helping us work through that. And I'm I'm continuing to work with the ODA. I'm having all of my dentists write letters to them. 
to explain how important this is. And the majority of dentists want this. Most dentists don't even understand that we're not registered. Oh, I know. Yeah. But the meeting that we had downtown was really quite something because the excitement in the room was the best I've ever seen for our association in a very long time. So I had the lobbyist there and he explained the whole process and it is quite a process and um, they could ask questions and they could understand the process. The last thing that we needed is for somebody to show up the state house, you know, in our field that was against this, right? Sure, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> because yeah, if they didn't understand what we were trying to do. So that all worked out fine. And then after that, we did the round tables like we do at Visions 21 uh-huh. and everyone loved it. It's We had all the different topics and they could talk to one another and learn all the different things that are going on. In all honesty, the excitement in that room was amazing. It was beyond my expectations. And so I think we have a good way of continuing this and and getting more people involved. And if the registration does happen, I think more people will get involved, which is going to be a great thing. So I think it's time that we really start working together. This this race to the bottom is not good for any of us. No, it definitely isn't. So let me back up a little bit. Okay. You feel that labs should be regulated. Who would regulate the labs? It's the Ohio State Dental Board. Just like most regulation in in the world, it's like, you know, the dentists are regulated, the hygienists have to do certain things. I mean, it, it, it would be just like that. So why do you feel that it's important that labs are regulated? Well, I think several reasons. First of all, I think there needs to be an accountability. We are making medical devices that go in people's mouths and there is no accountability. And you don't, I mean, half the time you don't know where some of these laboratories are located. There was an incident in Ohio that, you know, made the news and I received a email because I was president of the association and there were pictures of a laboratory that was disgusting. Do you, do you remember the, I do remember seeing those. Yes. It was really bad. Yeah. I almost thought it was staged when I first saw it. I know when I got these pictures, it scared me. I'm like, why am I being sent these pictures? (laughs) I'm like, Oh my gosh. So then the um, media, the interviewer got in contact with me and we talked through it. They came to my laboratory and took pictures and people, they want to know that their products that are going in their mouths are coming from a place that is worthy, correct? Sure. Yeah. So there needs to be an accountability. And when you have a race to the bottom, which we're in, I think good people sometimes do bad things. You know, the accountability, you know, everyone's trying to make a living. I think the most of us are above board, but you've got bad actors out there. And we're talking about, you know, you can hurt someone by doing things that are, especially with the implant. And that's the fastest growing part of our industry right now. You know, there are people doing things with implants that might necessarily not be correct. And that can, you know, 20 years from now, this person's probably, you know, 10 years from now, whatever it is, it can hurt the implant itself. And I think we need to be accountable and make sure that our patients and our dentists are receiving what they need to receive. So why aren't labs that are already a certified dental laboratory, why is that not good enough? Well, because I think the dentists don't take charge of that. They don't even know that what a CDL is for the most part. They don't care. You know, they just, they don't, well, you know, I hate to go that far, but they probably don't. But I think that we've been treated like the stepchildren of the dentistry world. Uh-huh. 
And I think it's time we take control of it ourselves and make sure that we're not stepchildren anymore. We need to take our own accountability and make sure that we're doing what we need to be doing. I think the majority of us are and the bad actors bring us down and keep our prices low and, you know, cut prices. And it's ridiculous. And my funniest thing that I've always said, you know, we're most of us, we get this phone call from a dentist. We don't know who this dentist is. And we have a pickup for you. And we just kind of drive out there and we pick it up. We don't even know if we're going to get paid for it most of the no, time. No, most not of the time yet. That, yeah. but, I mean, what in the field does that? <laughs> or, you know, you know, background checks, do we do them? Do we know that this dentist? It's it's really kind of comical in a way. It really is. Or the, yeah. the delivery cost is, is another one. Is like, yeah, everyone says that it's built into their cost. But when you're getting, some people are getting, you know, as low as $59.00. How is that built into the cost? It's pretty amazing. It really is. It's it really crazy. Is. So what's the benefit to a lab that, that they want to be regulated? I think the accountability. I think it's going to make us part of the dental team instead of the te- stepchildren. I think that it's going to pick us up to say that we are a viable industry and that we care about what we do. I eventually think that it's going to make our field a lot better, you know, as to what we can produce. I just think it's important that we have that regulation. Well, I agree. And as a CDL, it would be a pretty easy transition for us. And I imagine any CDL or Domus lab would be very easily translated into being regulated, correct? Correct. And, you know, we're under the FDA and with the NADL, we've been talking about what the FDA and and the regulation that they're going to put on us. And that could be quite costly. Yeah. You know, the four thousand, almost five thousand dollars. If we don't take control of it now, we could get stuck into a situation that will put a lot of us out of business. You know, that's a yearly cost, not just one time. Sure. So. Yeah, and I think if we take control of it ourselves, that's going to help that situation. I think, in- interestingly enough, they were saying, well, why is it we have to be regulated when before, when we were doing them by hand, we weren't regulated? But I think right now, it, implants are the fastest growing industry, and we're doing a lot more of them, and they do need to be correct. And just milling them out of whatever some people are milling at them could hurt someone. So I think we need to take control of it ourselves. I agree. What's the fear of labs having to pay to be regulated by state? Is that a concern that you hear? No, it's about $200. Oh, yeah. Um, well, the, the state board would have to set that fee, but um, all the other states that are regulated, their costs are $200 or less. What other states are regulated? I know Florida is one. There's seven. So there's Florida, um, South Carolina. I can't name them all right off the top of sure. my head. But there, there's seven that are getting there. And Oregon almost did it, as I think you heard on the as board member. They Their bill was the next in line, and then they ran out of time. Yeah, that blows my mind that because someone took a long lunch, a bill doesn't pass, but I don't understand. Well, I mean, you'd be surprised. I mean, what I have found in Ohio, too, it doesn't make sense. It's not a something that that works like the real world does. So, you know, we're fighting um, time also and having the ODA against us. They won't even have meetings because they're trying to run the clock out. Why do you think they're so against it? What do you think their fear is? You know, that we've been asking them that and they won't give us a true answer. Deep down, I think it's they're afraid their prices are going to go up. 
You know, when I started my business, I started my business in 1979. The dentist used to take the lab bill then and charge three times. Yeah. Today, it's 10 times. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's changed a lot in just 10 years. It's it's pretty amazing. Exactly. I wonder what we could do to convince the dentist that it wouldn't raise their prices, but would make for a better product. The data shows that it doesn't. And I, the NADL has helped me with that. So all the other states, their prices have not gone up. Um, in general, I think my opinion is what's going to happen. This race to the bottom is going to put enough dental laboratories out of business that eventually those that survive will raise their prices and more and more people will get back into it. I think CADCAM will do the same thing. But um, at some point in time, it's got to hit rock bottom and they've got to be able to get the work yeah. done but in a responsible way. So, I, I, you know, in the next few years, it'll be interesting. It will be. It will be. So what can other labs do, not just in Ohio, but in their own state to promote this, to promote the regulation? Because I think it's a wonderful idea. Yes. Um, and, and hopefully um, we're a good candidate to, I'm going to try to put a playbook together for other states to do the same thing. But there's the association needs to start it, obviously. And there needs to be somebody there that, you know, will put the time into it because it does take time. But, you you know, you start the process and, and the bills are already made for you. NADL helped me with that. And mm-hmm. so... And it's minimum, but we're, you know, baby steps are good. Sure. But the associations kind of start it. And then, then you have to have people that are willing to do it. So, you know, we need to, we need more labs to contribute money because this is getting drawn out a little bit longer than, you know, we had hoped for, but that's what legislation does. So you have to be able to contribute some money to help put some skin in the game. You need to be able to get to the state house you know, when committees are there so that the support is there. And then even in your own district, if you could go and talk to your representative and explain the situation, you know, every lawmaker that I've talked to is for the bill. They're like, they can't believe that we aren't regulated in some way or it registered at least, you know, so that they, you know, there's an accountability. So I haven't had any problems with you know, after I've gotten in front of the legislators to say, this is what we're doing, it's all agreed upon. But again, um, it, it the process just has to happen and it takes time. And is that what the lobbyist is for? Oh, yes. I, I could not have gotten myself in front of all of these people without him. Interesting. Um, and he's great. But yeah, they know the system. I, I, I have to tell you, when, when I first started this, I had a girlfriend who was a, um, a lobbyist. And I met with her and it kind of got drawn out and she could no longer do it. She worked for a firm where there were conflicts of interest. Uh So she she put me in in touch with this other lobbyist firm and he's been great. But they know in the system, it, what I was going to say is it kind of annoyed me that I have to pay to play. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a real, I mean, I'm just such an idealist. I'm like, really, I have to pay to do something good. Yeah. But after I got over that, I could not have, have put myself through the, the process and keep it going like the lobbyist has done for me. So what do you predict? When do you think everything's going to start playing out? It's going to be a little bit longer because there, there's just a few complications that happen that I don't want to talk about right now, but it might have to go to the lame duck session in November. So it might take that long. So November is when we'll get a, an update on what's happening. 
No, I'm I'm still working it. I'm meeting with the lobbyists a lot. We but we need to get the bill introduced first, and then that takes time. Then it has to go through committee, both the House and the Senate. I've got some really good people working for me, and it's been a great experience in that respect. I also have the gentleman who was the investigative reporter who is willing to put things on the media out there. That's always a good thing. Yeah. So I'm convinced that somehow this is going to happen. I'm just an optimist. (laughs) Well, I think it's great. I'm excited for you. I want to start working to see what I can do here in Indiana. I think it's a good cause and I'm happy to see you fight the fight. And I think I need to go back and learn government 101 because a lot of this is confusing to me. Well, and I didn't know it either, but I I have to say, I mean, I've been doing, I've, you know, obviously been doing this a long time and this just brought a different aspect into my life and I've enjoyed it. I mean, as frustrating as it is, it's a new process and, you know, you learn things along the way. So it's, it's been kind of fun and I've met new people along the way. So it's great. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. If you buy me a drink, I'll sit down there and tell you how to get started. How's I that? think it's a great <laughs> idea. I'm ex- I'm excited for you. I want to learn more about it. I heard you speak about it a bit in Chicago this year, and I was just trying to wrap my head around everything. But I'm I'm excited to learn more. I hope you keep us all updated. Uh, you know, it's like I said. You know, hopefully it'll all all happen, and then we'll move to Indiana. There you go. Get that. Going. Yeah, we're welcome yeah. to have you. We'll start a picket line together. It'll be fun. <laughs> I've been in picket lines before. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I don't doubt it. Lonnie, Lonnie, thank you so much for the interview. I appreciate it. I really hope uh, everything goes well with your fight for regulation. And I hope all the other states follow suit. I think it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. Thanks, Elvis. It was a pleasure. Like I said, my first podcast. Yeah, and uh, I'm happy to be on the board with you. I'm excited that we're going to hopefully shake some things up together and make the best out of the time we're on it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Elvis. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Bye. All right. I appreciate Lonnie Thompson joining us. Hope we get some updates on her government fight to get regulation in her state and hopefully other states will follow suit. I really think it's a neat idea and I think it's time our industry gets recognized for what it does. Well, when she speaks, we stand up and pay attention. So good luck, Lonnie. Absolutely. Hey, just real quick, I want to remind everyone that June is Dental Technicians and CDT Month. So congratulations to everybody. Awesome. I didn't know that. I highly suggest that Everybody go find a dental technician and a CDT and give them a big hug. Or a hundred bucks. Or a hundred bucks. That would be much appreciated too. (laughs) Or a shot of fireball because what we do is extremely stressful. It's gratifying, but stressful. Uh, But yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know that. So congrats to everybody out there. Hey, appreciation to everyone in our industry. You deserve more than a month, but we're happy to give you June. (laughs) Touche. Remember, everyone, spread the word, share with your friends and colleagues, Voices from the Bench. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and also straight from Voices from the Bench. And if you get a chance and you use the Apple Podcasts, give us a review. You can give us five stars. You can give us less. I don't know why you would, but give us five stars. Write a review. Let us know how we're doing. Tell me I cuss too much. I talk too much of uh, alcohol and alcoholic beverages. And 
has to put up with me because he's the dream child on this whole thing and I'm just the sidekick. But honestly, give us a review. Tell us how we're doing. Let us know if you like it and what else we can add to it. We're open to suggestions. And remember, we're always looking for good people to interview or a good roundtable topic. So send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or hit us up on Facebook. We're always there. We're always available. Like our page if you haven't liked it already. All right. Well done. See you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Bye. Don't put that on there.